0: Hello and welcome to our Decab Church of Christ sermons podcast. We are glad that you are listening in and we do this because we feel so blessed to be able to study God's word together every first day of the week and we want to share these lessons with you as well. We hope that if you are ever in the area or maybe you even live in the area and you are nearby we Pray that you will stop by sometime and visit with us on a Sunday morning or any given service that we have, and uh, we would really appreciate your visit. This month, we're going to be talking about loving yourself. And so we ask the question, is it biblical to love ourselves? Sometimes you will hear people say, you have to love yourself first. Well, is that true? Is that God approved? Can you really love yourself first and still love God first? Still love people second? Is there even any place for love of self in the first place? You know, some would say there is no place for self-love whatsoever, while others would say it is impossible to do the first or second if you give no place for self-love. I'm here to tell you today that the Subject of self-love really is not an easy one. There is a balance that needs to be struck and arguably the words and terms that are used in talking about this subject will never really find universal agreement. You know, even the phrase love yourself can be so greatly misconstrued and really twisted by pop culture today that in some measure I even find myself struggling to use its terminology even though I've decided to go ahead and use the term to really capture the essence of this month's theme. And so we might ask the question too, why address the matter at all? Well, in short, because love is not a matter of speculation, but of inspiration. Love is not an extracurricular, it is the curriculum of the Bible. And as much as the master teacher points that love, whether toward or away from us, that is as much honor and attention we are going to give the subject matter. As a brief word of encouragement in this department, I think you will find that as challenging as the subject may be, it is also equally rewarding. And I think you will also find that regardless of where that love is being directed, so long as it is being directed toward God, man, or self in a biblical way, that biblical love is, will always make a full circle so that in no way is there harm ever done to the one because well love is being done to the other biblical love always makes a full circle let's begin by talking about some arguments for loving oneself first there is the plain reading of scripture that reveals the expectation to do so the plain reading of scripture that have, that reveals The expectation to do so. Jesus said it very plainly. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now in slightly different terms, but with similar expectations, the Apostle Paul said in Ephesians 5 and verse 29, No one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. Now just upon these two very plain readings of scripture, one almost immediately gets the sense that love for oneself is not only reasonable, but it is even naturally assumed to be the present situation. You know, imagine a man that did not love himself. When he was thirsty, he did not drink. When he was hungry, he did not eat. When he had a bruise, he did not soothe it, but he continually gave beating to it. You know, we understand today that there are those who do such things, but that is also why we speak about these things. While it is to be assumed that a man loves himself, not all truly do. And perhaps some are even on the verge of doing far worse to themselves. Scripture assumes that one loves himself not because it is impossible to do otherwise, but because it is unnatural to do otherwise. Love yourself because it is the natural and the right thing to do. You know, when you are thirsty, give yourself drink. When you are hungry, give yourself food. When you are tired, lay yourself down. Don't become an ascetic, denying the unnatural and reasonable desires of the human creation when they are within your power to do so. Remember Elijah? Remember the angel that was sent to him? arise and eat the angel said and then the angel had to come to him a second time and say arise and eat you know you cannot be good to anyone or anything when you yourself are no good to yourself arise and eat be good to yourself it's the natural thing to do don't be an ascetic because from the lord's view that is really quite pathetic it's pitiable because the lord has provided for you, that you might take care for yourself. Anoint your head, wash your face, be good to yourself. Remember, Scripture says no one ever hated his own flesh. Now next, one cannot ignore the Bible's large overcast shadow of a promise of individual reward that unquestionably seeks to stimulate a healthy measure of of self-love, of doing what is good for self, motivated to do what is good for self that yourself might receive the reward from God. From Genesis to Revelation, God is appealing to man's innate desire to receive blessing, inheritance, glory, and honor for himself. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 2, Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation, God said to Abram. I will bless you and make your name great. All the way to Revelation 2, 7, To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Revelation 22, 12, the last chapter of the Bible, Behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me, to give to everyone according to his work. Now, some may argue that the concept of a reward really should be a motivator to stir us up to love and good works, so that others may receive this blessing. And as wonderful and as beautiful a thought as that is, that is not the way these scriptures that we've just presented in the way they present themselves to us. This was a motivator to self. This was a motivator to Abraham, to each and every one of us, according to our works, that we might receive the reward from Jesus. You know, can it honestly be said that anyone truly will not be deterred from committing sin that they will not be strongly motivated on behalf of self when they can see this personal reward that is before them. You know, Paul said, I discipline my body and I bring it into subjection, lest when I preach to others. Why, Paul? Lest when I preach to others, I myself should become disqualified. 1 Corinthians 9 and verse 27. Jesus himself encourage his disciples insistently based on self-reward. No one who has left house or brothers who shall not receive a hundredfold, Jesus said, Mark 10, 29 through 30. Will you love yourself enough to give yourself the reward? When faced with hardship to do what is right, especially amid persecution, difficult situations, will you love yourself enough to do what is good for you so that you may reap the reward. I think for certain, Scripture is trying to motivate us in this aspect, in this way, from this perspective as well. Will you spite your own face when God's grace is so great? Scripture is asking us. Love yourself. Be faithful. Why? For your own sake. And you will receive the reward of the inheritance. And then thirdly, there is also in Scripture a constant exhortation to look to yourselves. You know, while the call to look to oneself may at times be found within context of incessant critical judgment upon others, and Jesus essentially says, hey, look at yourself. Or remember Paul's defense of apostleship. Again, Paul calling the church and his critics to look to themselves to see that they are in the faith. But also, there is a call to look to oneself in Scripture for the pure sake of one's own self-benefit. I think about the wise words of a father in the book of Proverbs who once said to his son, Son, if you become surety for your friend, in other words, you become a guarantor, A better translation for that is if you become a guarantor for a neighbor or a stranger rather than a friend, but really the idea there is a a stranger, a neighbor. The father says, look son, you are snared by the words of your mouth, so I want you to do this. Deliver yourself. Deliver yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter, he says. You need to look to yourself, son. You need to Think about the trouble that is going to bring upon yourself because of this situation. And so get out of this situation quickly. Do this for yourself. The basis of benefit here is self-benefit, essentially. But, you know, you think about this, that a father is addressing a young man. And that's why this lesson becomes difficult in some ways, because it is to be admitted that a love of self really is the most immature and youthful of spiritual growth and maturation. There are similar words that are met on the day of Pentecost when the Apostle Peter is encouraging new disciples to be saved from this perverse generation. Save yourselves is how the King James Version reads, Acts chapter two and verse forty. Do this for your soul, Peter is telling these new converts, do this for your salvation that you may escape the clutches of an eternal hell. But so also with time, there is an expectation that one's spiritual love will greatly extend far beyond the reaches of his own soul but onward to his own neighbor to his friend to his family members even to the stranger and the enemy but you know no matter the case no matter where this self love may begin on the scale of maturation no matter whether wherever this this call to love yourself and to save yourself begins in one's spiritual journey this encouragement to look to yourself really even continues into the latter days of the newfound faith. You look all the way even to the, the letters that John the apostle would pen, and there himself he would say, look to yourselves. He would tell these Christians, look to yourselves. Why? That you don't lose the things that you've worked for, but that you receive a full reward. And Jude also, Jude 21, the, the second to the last book of the Bible, keep yourselves. Jude says, the brother of Lord, keep yourselves in the love of God. I can even hear the same theme by that same wise father in Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 16. Don't be overly righteous. Don't be overly wise. Why, he says, should you destroy yourself? And so no matter the case, perhaps it can be the case that even as we grow spiritually, we are going to find my moments of great discouragement. We might lose quite a bit of faith in man altogether in the works that we're doing. And so no matter how grown we are, no matter how much we have matured in the faith, I think there will still be times in our faith where we at bare minimum will be called by God to say, hey, Regardless of what's going on, regardless of how people might be letting you down, discouraging you, at the very least, look to yourself and preserve yourself. Do good for yourself. Stay faithful for yourself. You know, true biblical love will never do harm. It will never do harm to God. It will never do harm to one another. But it also will never do harm to self. True biblical love brings about a perfect circle. And so, yes, I believe with all my heart that it is biblical to love oneself in the right measure, in an appropriate way, especially if it is according to biblical love. You know, you may be wondering through all of this, again, why? Why a message to love myself. I know the Bible says it, but why do I hear it? And and doesn't the world love itself too much already? We need to hear this message because the world really doesn't love itself the way God intended for the world to love itself. There are many opposing kinds of love that are really not of the godly sort, and today they are threatening a love that was once considered natural and even assuming as far back as Jesus' day. But now there's a question mark where once God put a period. Now young people and old people alike are questioning even their identity in the flesh. Am I a man? Am I a woman? Did nature really get things right? Do I see the person that I'm meant to be when I look in the mirror? Or do I see a big mistake? Did nature make a big mistake? Do I see what I'm supposed to be? Meanwhile, there are also those who come from the other extreme who think it's not proper or appropriate for a child of God to so much as even look in the mirror. Self-less has truly become self-nothing. And while looking to the needs and goods of others, they've neglected their own need for self-recovery and have perhaps even put their own salvation in danger. I would suggest that much fewer seem to fall into this category, though maybe the majority fall in terms of the church. But there may be some wherever they are, who feel a sense of guilt or shame when they look to themselves to do good for themselves, whatever the case might be. And yet Paul nor Jesus never taught that one should put themselves in harm's way, at least spiritually, for the sake of one, for example, who might be warped and given over to pride and destruction. And certainly in the mistakes we have made in our life, and all of us have fallen short, I don't believe at all that Jesus would ever have us to beat ourselves up constantly. You know, the Bible says evil company corrupts good habits. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 33. Sometimes we might as Christians especially put ourselves in situations where these simply are not good for us and they don't help us in any way and maybe we can't change the situation at all. And so we beat ourselves up nevertheless because we think... We're just trying to do good, that we have to be there for them. And yet, Paul reminds us that there are just some situations, there are some company that is going to corrupt us before we are able to save them. Take care of yourself. Find balance. You know, Lord willing, we'll uh, continue to talk about this love for oneself. And we'll focus more about things of how to, the how to of how we are to love ourselves and strike that balance, that balance of self-love that is pleasing and biblical. One thing we can be certain of is that there's nothing more biblical in loving ourselves than becoming and being a faithful follower of Jesus Christ through repentance and baptism. I pray this day that you are following Jesus faithfully But if we can help you in any way to become a Christian, why don't you reach out to us? We would love to be able to help you with that effort. No matter where you are, there is an opportunity, I trust, for us to help you become a faithful follower of Jesus Christ. Love yourself. Yes, love yourself. The Bible teaches.